on today's Locked On Texan podcast, draft day. Got Livingstone, Limestone, wide receiver, tight end, Bernard McCall will be joining the Locked On Texan podcast today. And we dive into some Larry Tunsil talk. Who will be announcing the 37th pick and what does that mean for the franchise? But before we dive into any of that, it's draft day. Cody, start the countdown. Let's get ready to go. <laughs> are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome everybody to a Thursday <laughs> edition of the Locked On Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm John, some sports guy Hickman, joined by Sports Illustrated's own Cody Davis. Boy, it's draft day. Three and Yes, sir. About time. On it's on the board. I just can't take a moment right now. <laughs> it, it, it's on the board for now, yeah. especially number but 13. Now, you know, I read a report where number the number third overall pick basically is solidified. Houston mm-hmm. will be picking 13, I mean, thir- three overall. 13 is where it gets very interesting. And now we see reports that the Dallas Cowboys are kind of desperate to move up. They need their safety position. Teams may start getting aggressive. Uh, Now it's the day of the NFL draft. And I'll tell you this. I do think Nick Casario has started to play the draft week games a little bit by discussing Mm -hmm. where this pick is up for grabbing, not this pick. And they're leaking information that we like this player like a Derek Stingley over another player. Or maybe Evan Neal is the player to go at third overall. Oh I think they're gosh. starting to play a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> but, boy, Cody, doesn't it feel great to just sit back, look around. People are going to be at draft parties. Houston hasn't had a, had a, had a draft party in a long time. We ain't had no first round draft picks. <laughs> Drink a beer, take a shot, eat a hot dog, chicken strips, look to your neighbor and say, neighbor, we have finally arrived to the first round, third overall pick. But before we kind of have a little bit of fun with that, Cody, what's actually going on in the news surrounding the Houston Texans at this time? Well, John, you just mentioned everything, man. That number 13 overall pick um, could possibly be be moved, according to a reporter at NFL Network. Um, he had an opportunity to speak to Nick Casario one-on-one, and Casario said that there is a 60 to 70% chance that the number three that the number 13 overall pick will be moved. Now, John, I don't really want to dive into the whole will it be moved, will it not be moved, but I do know this for a fact. The Houston Texans are going to do everything possible to make sure they replicate that same success that they had in last year's draft. Once again, they came into the 2021 draft with arguably, if not the worst draft capital in the league. Their first pick was what? Number 67, 68. Of course, that turned into David. (laughs) But, you know, Nick Casario, his scouting department, they were able to come away with five quality players. And all five of these players have an opportunity to be a foundational piece for the Houston Texans moving forward. And I had an opportunity on Tuesday to ask Lovey Smith whether or not there was a sense of urgency to replicate that same draft success. And this is what he had to say. Oh, absolutely. We're, again, as we said, we like what we did last year, but 
we have higher picks this year, and we're expecting to, to add impact players uh, from this draft. I think there are a lot of impact players from this draft, and that's why the excitement. I know, you know, our four phase, our fans are, are pretty excited about the draft coming up. We are too, and uh, we're going to get, we know that we're going to get some good football players that we're going to add. You heard the conviction in his voice. You know, he sounded like <laughs> he sounded like a father that's getting you ready for life and the experiences and how to win, man. That's what he sound. I just <laughs> can I be emotional for a moment? I'm an emotional Go guy. I'm a cancer. Ahead, John. <laughs> I'm a cancer. We're emotional, and I just for the franchise and for the fan base, it's very. It's great to see people getting together, right? I know Friday I'll be out at Kobo's. Uh, Going to be at the Miller Outdoor Theater later this evening to attend the Houston Texans draft. But it's so great to see people get together and kind of cancel out all of the outside negative noise, the Deshaun mm. Watson negative noise, the mm. are they going to make it or miss on this negative noise. And people are getting together. And I'm glad Lovey Smith said that, that it's very important that they replicate what they were able to do last year with the draft success. There are some impact players. And the reason why I wanted to put those two things together is because at three overall, whether it's Stingley, whether it's Gardner, whether it's Neil, whether it's Iquanu, Thibodeau, any of those top prospects, I think Houston can feel comfortable with walking away with one of those at the third mm. overall pick. And that, that that player will be an impact player, whether that's corner, safety with Kyle Hamilton, defensive lineman, offensive tackle, whatever. It's great to see people have a reason to wake up in the morning and say, hey, you know what? This is a good day to be a Texan fan. And on Friday, when the Houston Texans will be picking at 37th overall as of right now, at that pick, Texan legend and cornerback, the best free agent that they've ever signed hmm. in their franchise history, Jonathan Joseph will be announcing the 37th overall pick. I love that news. I think that's big news. For one, to me, Cody, it shows that the Houston Texans are using their great players to keep them around the building, keep that relationship going, which is something that has been, you know, remember that Andre Johnson had a bit of a rough, rough patch with the franchise. Uh, we know about some of the other Grace, Arian Foster, Dwayne Brown. They have their red patches and issues with the franchise. So for Houston, making Jonathan Joseph, allowing Jonathan Joseph to announce that, I think is big news. Just something extra added on for the fans to have have someone to, to be proud of, Cody. And fellas, while you're out at the draft parties, taking shots, having on with your buddies, remember this: there's a woman that somebody loves, your mom, Mother's Day is coming up. And whether she prefers a statement piece or everyday subtle elegance, BlueNow.com has fine jewelry options for every mom. Shop high-quality classic diamond earrings, elegant tennis bracelets, or gemstone pendant necklaces. This Mother's Day, give mom something special she will treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNow.com. And Locked On Sports listeners get $50 off $500 purchase. This podcast exclusive is only good through Mother's Day. Use promo code locked on. That's code locked on. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in a discreet packaging that will not give away what's inside. Shop stress free and find your forever peace. Go to Google. 
Amazon.com today. Thanks for making Locked On Texas your first listen every day. Now for a huge announcement. For the first time ever, Locked On is hosting live coverage of the 2022 NFL Draft from our studios in Dallas with pick-by-picks analysis from our local team experts and draft gurus. Tune in all three days as our draft team guides you through every pick and every trade in real time. It all starts on Thursday today at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, available on Locked On NFL on YouTube and on the Odyssey app. Welcome back in, Locked On Texas viewers, listeners, and lovers out there. NFL Draft is kicking off Thursday, and as continued with the conversations with the prospects ahead of this Thursday's draft, we're continuously going with it. Bernard McCall out of Limestone and Livingstone College University football program, B2, tight end, wide receiver, some versatility there. We're going to dive into that. Welcome to the Locked on Texan podcast. Man, I appreciate y'all having me today, man. Yes, sir, Bernard, and let's jump right into it. Um, You know, with you coming from a D2 school, can you talk about your experience there, and what do you feel like separates you the most from prospects who are entering the draft who actually came from a D1 school? Um, My experience is at a D2 school. I was lucky enough to play in uh, two tough conferences. Um, When I was at Limestone University, uh, I played in the SAC conference, which uh, a couple years ago you seen the Division II safety took Looking by the um Patriots, Kyle, Kyle Duggar. Duggar. Yeah. Mm. Played against Kyle Duggar for two years. Um, and that whole conference is full of great athletes, just as the CIAA, which I played in this past season, full of great athletes. Yeah, your Boot States, the Fayetteville States, Josh Williams and Keyshawn James. Uh, I played in that conference with them. So uh, I I think my advantage would be that I haven't played against any slouches. You know, mm-hmm. uh, every week. It's a different uh, different kind of defense. They, they scheme different. Uh, the players are really athletic as well. Um, but I think the biggest adjustment for me will be uh, just game speed. And uh, I'll be lucky enough to be in training camp to adjust to it as fast as possible. Hmm. And Bernard, if you don't mind me asking, where is your level of confidence right now? Because it doesn't matter if it's, you know, a guy that's playing in Alabama, a guy who is coming from Limestone like yourself. At the end of the day, football is football. But it appears that you guys has come you you players who are coming from a D2 school, it seems like you guys gotta have a certain level of confidence to go out there and actually compete on the NFL level. Yes, sir. My uh my confidence is very high because of the work that I've put in. Uh, I believe in I believe in the uh, my unseen hours. So mm-hmm. and then like at the end of the day, football is football. You know, once you tie your cleats on and you're in front of me, it doesn't matter where you got your education from. What would you say? I just want to follow up to that question to your response. What would you say to someone who hasn't had the opportunity to see you play football? And what are some of the things you tell them to look for in your personal game? Because you do have that versatility of playing tight end and wide receiver. Uh, I would tell people who have not seen me play, I would tell them, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to say I can do it all, but I have done it all. I played quarterback, running back, receiver, tight end, H-back. Uh, I've played special teams, and I've done all that to a very high level. And uh, as far as what you could take from my game, 
while I'm playing uh, tight end or receiver, you know, my yards after catch ability and my catch radius. I feel like those are unmatched. I don't think there's necessarily a badly thrown ball if it's in my facility. And uh, I feel like, you know, four or three guys can't catch me after I catch, after I have the ball in my hand. So. Wow. And how important is playing in the trenches and blocking for you? Very important. I believe in uh, a good run game establishes a great offense. I believe in um, three yards and a headache. So, yeah, so, you know, for me, blocking is very important. But, Bernard, you talked about you basically played every position on the offensive side of the ball. From a player's standpoint, can you talk about what it means to be a versatile player? Because we hear that term get thrown around a lot, and I don't know if you know, but here in the city of Houston, there's an organization um, that, that's called the Houston Texans, and they love that term, versatility. So can you just explain what it is from a player's standpoint? Uh, for me, it makes it easier on my uh, my play caller. So this past season, primarily, it was my first year primarily being a tight end. But, you know, I was used as a slot receiver because of my route running. It made it easier when we're in a, a two-minute and we're trying to get some points before halftime. You know, I know the whole playbook, and I've played so many positions that if I see uh, where I could go fit in because we don't have time or we don't want to waste the time out, you know, just call the next formation. I know where to line up. And I've played this position, and I'm good at it. So if you call 10 personnel where well, there's no tight ends in, I can go line up at a running back, or I can go line up out wide at a wide receiver. So it just makes everything easier on the play caller. Coming out of high school, how did you end up playing for Livingstone and Limestone College? Can we talk about the journey of those two, <clears throat> excuse me, of those two, of that process of getting to those two universities? Yes, sir. So, uh, funny story, y'all are Texans fans. Um, coming out of high school, I played wide receiver, but I wasn't heavily recruited because we weren't a good program, but I was a very good player. A lot of uh, schools, by the time they got to my school, they ran out of scholarships, and I didn't have any real guidance. So I didn't really know what a preferred walk-on was. So I sat out a year, and then I went to a prep school where I actually played with Kobe Durant, who was in this draft, and Joshua Williams, who are in this draft. I played with those guys. And then uh, my buddy, he played, it was the uh, Vincent Smith. He played for the Texans for a little while. Uh, yeah. So he reached out to me and was like, man, I think Limestone will be a good spot for you. And, uh, you know, it, it actually was. The people there were great. I developed my game there. But when COVID hit, I felt like it was time for new scenery. Um, then I wanted to try HBCU. I felt like HBCU football, their athletes were on the rise. And I wanted to play against the cream of crop talent. So I ended up uh, had a buddy at Livingstone College, and he told me who the coaches were, Sean Gilbert, Ted Washington, uh, NFL greats. And, you know, he – Said, just come learn from these guys. So I got there, and uh, I was probably leaning towards still playing full-time wide receiver. Didn't want to do the whole motion in the backfield, play running back thing. I just wanted to be a full-time wide receiver. But uh, Ted Washington, before practice, he told me to meet him in his office, which he had all the coaches there. And uh, he said, man, you know, you could be a, a good wide receiver, but I think you would be a great tight end if you just mm -hmm. give him. So I uh, stayed after practice for a few hours every day, 
meeting with the O-line coach, trying to get hand placement right because mm. they'll make, but I want to win on the other side of the line, line of scrimmage. And so once I got good at that, the receiving aspect, was, man, that was easy because I played receiver and then I'm in the slot. So now I got a two-way go. So that was easy. And then, uh, like I said, going back to versatility, it helped me point out what uh, defense the other teams were in because the person who I judge it off of is the outside linebacker. So he's guarding me. And so when you see on film me pointing and me pointing out what defense uh, they're in, it makes it easier on the quarterback, makes it easier for me to get the ball. And yeah, that's how I ended up both of those places. Awesome story, man. Can you just talk about how this entire draft process been for you, um, meeting teams, working out for teams, you know, your pro day? I see you with the Carolina Panthers shirt on. Is that something you trying to – some news you trying to break here on Locked on doing? Texas? What you doing? They got to continue that tight end legacy up there. Exactly, man. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. I, you know, hopefully they – you know, somebody gives me a call, but uh, this is just a shirt they gave me when I uh, performed for <clears> them <throat> day. But um, this whole draft process, man, it's been like a dream for me. You know, I'm coming from a small town in South Carolina called Florence, South Carolina. And, uh, you know, not too many people. Florence, Florence, South Carolina, not too many people make it to just even this process, you know. And I'm Mm. a HBCU guy. You know, I'm just soaking it all in. Um, Meeting with uh, scouts while I played at the FCS Bowl and the College Gridiron Showcase. I mean, it was just—it just felt like a dream to me. Uh, catching passes, looking up, you see scouts writing on their notepads. You know, that it just felt like like a video game scenario. Like somebody, like Spike Lee, had to be writing this or something. <laughs> <laughs> so, man, it just—it was cool. Um, most importantly, I got the—you know—my mom told me she was proud of me. You know, that's mm-hmm. the most important thing for me. And then I show people if you. If you put your mind to it and you go about everything the right way, something good will come from it. It may not come exactly when you want it to come, but it, it'll come. So. You know, you mentioned Kyle Duggar and the New England Patriots, and they are notoriously known for if there's a player that can play football, they'll find him and put him out on the field. Mm. I think that is a great trend in the NFL right now. So, what would your coaches and teammates say about you and the type of player you are? Uh, first and foremost, I'm very unselfish. Um, in the CIAA, I, I faced a lot of uh, I faced a lot of double teams, and you know, as a as a person who will want the ball thrown, to them, man, throw it anyway. But that's mm-hmm. not that's not the game. So I finished the season with 300 yards because I would tell them. Yeah, if they're double-teaming me, just let me run them off every play. Let me run a flat route, send a slant right up, uh, right behind them. Uh, they'll tell you I'm very unselfish and I love to win. And they also will tell you if he has the ball in his hand, it's must-see TV. So. Hmm. Bernard, last question before getting out of here. I've asked every prospect here on Locked on Texans this question. It might be my favorite question to ask. And with the <laughs> NFL draft about to get started, this is – this is the last time I have an opportunity to ask this question, man, and you got to kill it. If an NFL scout runs across this pro- this podcast, they see your name, they're listening, they like everything that they hear. If you could make one final pitch to that scout, what would it be? 
Um, that you're getting a very unselfish player. You're getting somebody who's going to come to work every day. Uh, somebody who's not going to talk about it. I'm going to tie my cleats. I'm going to pull my pants up, and I'm coming to work every day, whether it's special teams reps, uh, practice squad reps. I'm, I'm coming to work every day. So, yeah, I, I don't talk much, but, yeah, that coming to work every day. Hard working. And that's what the NFL needs, man. And we really appreciate you for stopping by the Locked On Texas podcast. Uh, once again, Bernard McCall out of Limestone and Livingstone College, versatile player, tight end, wide receiver, not scared to get in them trenches and block, not an, a selfish player, very unselfish. Love the entire interview and conversation. Where can our listeners and viewers and, you know, the people that may run across this podcast find you on social media, whatever you're comfortable with giving out? Man, I'm on uh... – I'm on Instagram and Twitter. They're both the same name. Is D O L A S World Twenty Three. It's Dolas World Twenty Three. Hmm. He's giving you, you know a follow what? right I'm now. A, right now, <laughs> I need that follow back. I I I, I just hit it. I Definitely just hit it. As soon as this is over, I'm gonna click on. I just seen it. Definitely gonna follow back. Thank you, man. And once again, thank you for stopping by. And we we wish nothing but the best for you in this process. Hopefully, when Sunday rolls around, we're talking about you and what you can possibly do for your new franchise. Yes, sir. I appreciate y'all even thinking about me to have me on. Thank you, man. As of right now, ladies and gentlemen, Trevon Walker has a five and six chance to be the first overall pick. Aiden Hutchinson, two and one, two to one odds. Akeem Quano, twenty-three to four odds. All at Bet Online, and Bet Online is your number one source for all of your sports betting needs and stats information. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's playoffs, basketball playoffs, and the start of the MLB season. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sporting waiting information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and much more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions over at betonline.net because BetOnline is where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On Texans your first listen every day. Now make sure you're listening to the Locked On NFL Draft with Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker. They bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Once again, that was Bernard McCall. John, listeners and viewers, I've really enjoyed speaking to the number of prospects we had here on Locked On Texans. Um, It it was just a great opportunity to get to know all of these players. And all of these guys, we are rooting for them. We can't wait to see where these guys land. Hopefully, listeners, viewers, you enjoyed the series as well. And I promise you, anybody, if anybody get picked up by the Texans, whether that be through the draft or free agency, we would definitely have them back on the show. But, John, this is it. This is it. We are officially hours away <laughs> from the start of the 2022 NFL draft. And, John, I can't say this enough. In my opinion, this is by far one of, if not the most important draft for the Houston Texans, probably in franchise history, because this is such a deep, 
deep draft to the point if they hit on every single pick or at least come close to hitting on every single pick this can actually speed up the Texans rebuilding process and put this organization back in at least in playoff contention and look we know how the last era ended we don't want to get into all that but there's a new day here in the city of Houston and it's going to start with this draft why can't we get into because we talked about that too much and it's mainly the last era of houston texans football but i do which has nothing to do with what happened on the field everything had to do with stuff off the field no i do think it's okay to mention that there is a a great deal a reason behind nick serio getting it right this year along Mm -hmm. with draft along with you know, uh, I think putting out wins as well as the general manager making these two head coaches in back-to-back years. Listen, one of the most important drafts in Houston franchise history was 2017. Traded up for Deshaun Watson. Zach Cunningham was also in that draft. Neither of those players are with the franchise anymore. And so they had to – my boy Rick Ross said they had to destroy before they can elevate – they're gone. Zach Cunningham is where he is in Tennessee. Deshaun Watson is in Cleveland. And I think this is going to be the blueprint of what success may look like for Houston moving mm. forward. But before we get out of here today, I do want to shout out Larry Tunsil. But before we get out of here for today's show, I do want to shout out Larry Tunsil. And if you guys remember a few years ago, Larry Tunsil was getting drafted. The gas mask video came out, surfaced across the internet during draft season that was leaked, I think, by uh, maybe a stepdad or a close family member to him, which is some real hated stuff. But uh, for Larry Tunsil, this is exactly what he had to say. For the past six years, I've been asked about this moment, that's mass. I spent six years trying to do rather than trying to do rather than say on the field and off the field. Fall 2021, I spoke with Complex for the first time about this moment. And today, the day before the draft day, I'm officially moving on and putting this moment in the past. I'm minting a one-of-a-one NFT of the infamous gas mask video to be listed. A portion of the proceeds will benefit the last prisoner project. And that last prisoner project is a nonprofit dedicated to repairing the harms of the criminalization of cannabis through intervention, advocacy, and awareness. He continued with supports to support those incarcerated for cannabis offenses. Listen, man, when we talk about redemption stories, I think that's a perfect, you know, let's look at that. That could have cost him an opportunity uh, in the NFL. It costed him money, but to see him six years later, use that, create an NFT, and then put it back into a program, a nonprofit that is dedicated to helping those behind bars for weed defensive offenses. Because I call it weed. I don't necessarily call it cannabis or fly. Call it weed. It is what it is. Not that I do it. But it's great to see him do that. So shout out to Larry Tunsil. And again, the Texans as an organization, they traditionally draft players or bring in players that work well and hand in hand with community outreaches. Yeah, man, and I love this. You know, as you mentioned, John, this is a perfect example of a redemption story. And, you know, first and foremost, I'm kind of surprised to say that this is something that has haunted him over the past six years. You know, um, and you go back to that draft, 2016, that was, he was 
touted and scouted as a top five pick. And because of that incident, he fell all the way down to number 13 to the Miami Dolphins. But, you know, shout out to Laramie Tunsil, man. Um, of course, in the midst of all this, he fixed his relationship that he had going on with the Houston Texans. So we are expecting him to still be a member of the organization in 2022. And now, you know, the fact that he fixed that relationship, he's putting this behind him that kind of like played with his mind over the past six seasons. Who knows? We're probably going to get the best version of Laramie Tunsil in 2022. Thank you guys for checking out today's Locked On Texas podcast. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube to Locked On Texans. Like and comment. Follow me on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. And follow the Locked On Twitter page at Locked On Texas on Twitter. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. John, really quick, best case scenario, first round tonight. What's your take? Best case scenario, I'm sticking with sauce at three. I'm torn at 13. I don't see Jermaine Johnson sliding out to 13 if he's available. Jermaine Johnson, if he's not, Zion Johnson. And I've seen some mock drafts within the last 36 hours have Kevon Thibodeau outside of the top 10. But best case scenario, Houston walks away with Sauce Gardner, a cornerback that I believe can be a great man cover. Cornerback uh, and just as good as zone. And with 13, if they do not move on from them, they get an impact player like they're looking for. If they do move on from the 13th overall pick, they're accumulating picks that matter in this year's draft, maybe next year's draft as well, to where they can really go out there and bring in impact players. At number three, my perfect best case scenario, I'm kind of torn between Stingley and Sauce. However, like I mentioned before, Sauce have been has been more consistent throughout his college career. So I'm going Sauce at number three. I don't believe Kavon Thibodeau is falling outside of the top ten. I don't either. I don't believe that at all. Once again, just take a look at Anthony Edwards in the NBA. If you want to believe his so his so called personality issues, but that that is what it is. But at thirteen, I'm sticking with one of, if not the best, wide receiver coming out of this year's draft, in my opinion. Chris Olave, you get a generational, if not close to a generational um, secondary defensive back, and you get somebody that can actually help Davis Mills and improve this, this what you like to call it, <laughs> vanilla, vanilla vanilla style off. offense that yeah. we've been watching over the last couple of seasons. But happy draft day, ladies and gentlemen. We will see you guys tomorrow with a recap of the first round. Woo! Peace.